0: Thank you. Good morning! morning. Happy New Year's! We're glad you all are here today. Is anybody going to be brave and come like right here? Anyone? Anyone? Hey! (laughs) We are glad you're joining us today, and um, many are on live stream today. Welcome into our worship this morning. Before we get started, just a few quick things Um, as we start the new year. We obviously want to give you every opportunity to connect, to be part of a group, to be part of a serving team. All of that information is along the back. So take a minute, take a minute and go back there and see if there's something new for you uh, this year that you can be a part of. We also wanna let you know under the seat in front of you, there is a connect card. If you're new today, you can fill that out and you can leave it in the back on that information table. Let us know you are here. You can also scan that QR code and that takes you directly to our website that helps keep you in the know of things that are happening. Also in the chair in front of you is a Bible. New Year, maybe you need a Bible. Maybe you don't have one. You are welcome to take that with you. We encourage that. So if you need a Bible, feel free to grab that. If you came in and did not grab communion yet, we will have communion later. There's small cups that are again on the information bar. It's a one-stop shop today back there. And then just a real quick save the date for Wednesday, January 25th, we will have one midweek service of prayer and worship right here. So make note of that, more information uh, to come. If you would stand up with us, we're going to start worship this morning. We're kind of going to start with a a little bit of a go-getter of a song that we did last Easter, and it's called What I See. And we thought it would be very fitting today, because why not start our year with the complete and total focus and adoration of Jesus Christ. And how he came, gave his life for us, and then resurrected really is the pinnacle of our faith. And also, it's just really fun. So, here we go. Let's go, hands up. Oh, yeah, okay, we'll do that. and power. And we really pray that that's what you have as we go into this new year. And as we sing this next song, just focusing on that, God's promise and God's power, what he has done before he will do again. Let's sing it together.
1: Take communion. So, if you haven't already had a chance to get a communion cup from the back of the auditorium, now would be a great time to do that. When we take communion, it's a time that we set aside to remember. Christ said, Do this in remembrance of me. And what we're remembering is his sacrifice on the cross, his body that was broken for us, his blood represented by the juice that was shed for us as a sacrifice for our sins, all of our sins. Your sins, my sins, everyone in the world's sins. This is a gift God gives to each of us. It's available to each of us. Our next song that we're singing is called Echo Holy. And like many of the songs, most of the songs that we sing here in our worship time, it's a song that's based on scripture. And this song is based on the, the Apostle John's, sorry, vision vision in the book of Revelation, chapter 5. And I'd like to read, starting with verse 11. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousands times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Only Christ was worthy to take that sacrifice, to be that sacrifice for us. He was fully God and fully man, sinless. He was able to fulfill all the requirements of the law and now sits beside God in that place of honor and power. As we sing this next song and then take communion, this message is for you. God loved you. God loved you enough to send his son. Regardless of what we've done, regardless of what we're leaving behind in the year that's just passed, regardless of what we're facing in the year to come, God is right there. God knows every hair on your head. God loves you. God gave his best thing. God gave his His sacrifice of his only son, his only begotten son, as John 3.16 says, that we all know by heart. So as we sing this next song, let's think about that wonderful song in heaven that we will sing someday.
2: Father, we just thank you for your kindness, your faithfulness, your mercy demonstrated most perfectly on the cross. We begin this new year just honoring you for your goodness, your glory, thanking you for life. Thank you for a new year. Thank you for the freedom, the opportunity to gather like this, to worship you whether we're here physically together or spirit online and just we we marvel at your mercy and thank you for your kindness be with us now Lord as we look at your word would you open our minds and our hearts would you point us in the way that we should go and would you give us the faith the courage the determination the patience to walk the path that you have laid out before us and we look forward to the day Lord when we cross the finish line and see you, saying, well done, good and faithful servant. That's, that's what we want to hear from you someday, Father. So speak to us now as we learn from you. That's what we need. It's our request, and we lift it together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's good to see you this morning. How many of you uh, enjoy college football? I mean, it's everywhere this time of year, right? You know, it's, I, I enjoy college football. It's been a, a part of New Year's celebrations for a long, long time, much longer than, than I even realized. I knew it had been around a while, but it was a long time. One of the most, uh, one of the worst blunders in the history of football, really college football in particular, took place on New Year's Day in 1929. Some of you who are the real... Sports buffs among us might remember this, but probably most of us it's unfamiliar to. Almost 100 years ago, this occurred. Georgia Tech played UCLA in the Rose Bowl in 1929 on New Year's Day. And in that game, a young man named Roy Regals recovered a fumble from UCLA. He picked up the loose ball. Roy started running with all of his energy toward the goal line, but when he bounced off of a would-be tackler uh, to, you know, obviously you want to score. So he bounces off the would-be tackler and he, uh, in the process, got turned around and disoriented some. And the next thing he knew, unknowingly, he was running, sprinting full speed toward the wrong goal line. He was running full bore 75 yards. He ran full speed in the wrong direction. He was frantically being chased by his own teammates. Finally, after 75 yards, one of them tackled him, his own teammate, on the one-yard line just before he scored a safety for the opposing team. The whole time this happened, he thinks he's going the right direction. Ever since that day, it was sort of one of those days that go down in infamy, you know, kind of kind of events. Ever since that day, Roy has had a nickname, Roy Wrong Way Regals. Go uh, Google that and look at it. You can see the video clip of it. It's, it's sort of grainy and old, but they, it was filmed and everything. is pretty amazing. So Now, probably none of us here, either on-site or online, probably none of us have ever gotten confused about our direction on a football field. But every one of us knows what it's like to deal with some confusion about our direction and goals in life. Every one of us knows what it's like you know, to just be punched in the gut, hit hard by life, and find ourselves a little disoriented with some disequilibrium, and the potential is there for us to find ourselves running the wrong way. So as we begin a new year, we're going to let Jesus point us in the right direction. That's what we're going to do. If you have your Bible with you, open it to Matthew chapter 13. This is one of... uh, one of the most memorable chapters in the Bible for some of Jesus' parables. He's got some amazing parables here. We're going to look at a couple of them this morning. As we reflect, uh, read and reflect on these two, I hope you'll listen really close to his words. Uh, let them inform your thinking about the trajectory of your life in the coming months and years uh, as uh, we move forward into the new year. Matthew 13, we're going to start at verse 44, records Jesus' words this way for us. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says, is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. That's a really brief two parables, right? I want to read it to you one more time, and I just want you to kind of ingest, sort of digest a little bit what is here in the text. Just get it real clear in your head. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, Jesus says... He hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. Now, what is Jesus talking about here? The answer is this He's talking about the goal, what's first of every person's life, what's really to be first in everybody's life. Every one of us needs to have clarity about that. Everybody needs to be clear about the direction of life for ourselves. And thankfully, these parables, in these two parables, Jesus is pointing us in the right direction for life. And as we dive into them for the next few moments, my hope is that you'll listen really carefully, that you reflect deeply, not just on what Jesus says, because Jesus tells us these things not because he wants to wants us to be interested. He wants us to be transformed. That's what he really wants. That's why he tells us stories like this and others that we could look at this morning. But he tells us this so that we will become more like him. And so we're going to focus on these two parables for the next few moments. There are at least two ways of understanding and interpreting what Jesus says here in these parables. Both of these are appropriate Uh, They're accurate. Both of of the ways you can interpret these apply to us. And so what I'm going to do is just talk our way through these two ways of understanding that. But before I let you in on that and just make that real clear, I want to begin by pointing out a few common elements that show up in both parables. I think Jesus told them back to back, as he did, on purpose. There's a reason for that. Part of it is revealed in the commonalities both parables focus on an identical quantity. If you notice, both individuals had narrowed their desires, their wants to one refined, narrow ambition, right? The one fella had identified a treasure that was hidden in a field. So he sells everything so he can get that one thing, that treasure. The the passage Jesus doesn't specify for us whether it's gold or silver or something else. He just tells us it's a treasure, it's something of incredible worth. Most of us have various things that we treasure. Right? We have a lot of things that we treasure. I mean we treasure you know we we treasure our careers, we treasure Things like travel, we have ambitions for all of these things. We have ambitions for our family. We treasure that, and we we have ambitions for it. What happens is, whatever we treasure, we have ambition for. Are, Are you with me? Whatever we treasure in our hearts... We, start at, we have wants, we have desires, we have ambitions for that. This individual, the individual with the treasures, the individual with the pearl, had one narrowly, carefully divined thing that they treasured. It was their one ambition. They didn't have bucket list of things. They had one thing. Both parables focus also on identical values. If you notice this, both individuals discovered something of rare quality, something of extreme worth, something of incomparable, extraordinary value. So valuable, in fact, that it was worth it to them to sell everything else, because if they could get that one thing, (laughs) the rest of it was worthless. That was was the, the, the point. They had a common value, just an extraordinary worth. Both parables focus on an identical cost. Both individuals, to acquire that which they now treasured, the the treasure that was hidden in the field, the, the pearl, to acquire that, they had to sell everything in order to acquire their one narrow desire. And what's fascinating is... They sold it all so they could acquire that one thing with joy. It was with excitement. They considered themselves fortunate, blessed, lucky. They did it without hesitation, without reluctance, without complaint. They thought of themselves as lottery winners. Now, with all of that in mind... I want us to talk for a few minutes about the meaning behind these parables. The first way of understanding this parable these parables is this that God and the kingdom of heaven are the treasure. The pearl of infinite value. And you and I are the fortunate seekers. We're the ones who are in the process of discovering the one deserving object of our devotion and affection. It's something of extraordinary worth and value. And what we find is that God is worthy of us sacrificing everything. His kingdom is worth all that we have, all that we are, all that we ever hope to be, is in the light of the kingdom of heaven. It's like all of this is passing away, but that's, that's lasting. It's eternal. It's a treasure that will never fade, and its worth never diminish. I mean, most of us... Dream of making an investment in something that would not depreciate in value. Would you wish that was the case for your 401k? But that's not the way life is. This side of the kingdom of heaven. But the kingdom of heaven. Is of worth and value that will never depreciate, it will only appreciate, and God is worthy of our all. The kingdom of heaven, God Himself, is the treasure. We know the early believers understood this, that they believed this. I mean, it, you know, the, the saying about fishing is, you know, the, the fish took, took it hook, line, and sinker, right? This is, that's kind of the fishing line. This is the early believers believed this to the core of their being, hook, line, and sinker, that God and His kingdom were worthy of everything. And we know that because they sacrificed everything to follow Jesus. I mean, quite literally everything. Peter, James, John, the apostles, others that we could talk about in the New Testament. I mean, they gave up professions and proximity to family. They gave up reputations. Many of them gave up their lives in order to acquire the one one thing that they considered themselves blessed and fortunate to acquire and that was God and his kingdom and an inheritance that could never be shaken or taken away from them Saul of Tarsus or, who became known as Paul wrote much of our new testament i mean he gave up privilege all kinds of privileges. the Privileges associated with his education. Privileges associated with his profession and his livelihood. He gave up his reputation. He gave up comfortable life. He gave up more than most of us probably understand. Why did he do it? The Bible's really clear. I mean, he did it because he considered nothing else to be of value. Listen to what, what Paul endured so that he could... Follow Jesus the way Jesus asked him to follow. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 24 and following. Paul, Paul describes this. You think, how long would it take you or me, generally speaking, to be out on this? He starts off, he says, five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. And when it says 39 lashes, he's not talking about eyelashes. He's talking about you know, a whip, where you're whipped with this. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I've traveled on many long journeys, he says. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I've faced danger in the cities and the deserts and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. If you know uh, Paul in Second Corinthians 11, you know he, he doesn't stop there. He just keeps going. The key question, though, is, Paul, in your opinion, was it worth it? Philippians 3.8, he gives us his answer where he says, yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. You know, God and the kingdom of heaven, Paul believed. Jesus is saying, Matthew 13, God and the kingdom of heaven are the treasure, the pearl, the one refined ambition worthy of your and my full and complete devotion, attention, worthy of all our resources, So as we begin a new year, I want to ask you, to what extent are they your one ambition? To what extent is that the goal that you're running towards? Or you've been running maybe really hard the wrong way. To what extent do you value these things? Do you value Jesus more than anything else? Jesus is saying the pearl of infinite value, the treasure of incalculable worth is right in front of you. It's the kingdom of heaven. It's a relationship with God the Father that cannot be taken from you. It's a gift from God the Father to you. And That's one way to understand what Jesus is saying here. But there's a second thing, to, a way to understand what Jesus is trying to convey to us in these two parables. And the brilliance of Jesus is that he can tell us two parables and both of these understandings be 100% accurate. I mean, he's brilliant on a scale that you and I simply can't comprehend. It's like he's God clothed in flesh, right? Second way to understand what Jesus is saying is unexpected for most of us, and that is this, that God and his kingdom... God himself and all of his righteous kingdom consider you, you, to be the treasure, the pearl of infinite, extraordinary worth. Jesus is saying God is the seeker. Listen to the passage again through that lens. Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field, to acquire the field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. And when he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned. he bought it. Jesus is saying, you are that treasure. You are that pearl. When Jesus looked from the heavens and saw you, in his excitement, in great joy, he leapt from his throne in the heavens and joyfully chose a manger and a cross because you were worth it in his estimation. You know, in Islam, Allah is really not that interested in you. He's interested in your submission and you better submit or else. That's Islam. In Buddhism, God's completely unknowable. In Taoism, God is everything. Everything's God, and he's, he's not personal, so He has zero, no awareness whatsoever of you at all. In Hinduism, Brahman or God, that's kind of their term, is confused, so He spends, what you find is that He manifests Himself, actually manifests itself, To be clear, as many gods and goddesses, He has no interest in you, sort of like in Islam, except your devotion, your surrender. I could go on with the religions of the world, but Jesus came to convey to you and me that our God knows you. He saw you from afar, and he valued you to such an extent that you became his one refined ambition. He treasured you so much that he began to have ambitions for your future, for your life, for you. And he considered you to be of rare quality, extreme worth, extraordinary value, so he willingly with joy gave up everything To redeem you for himself. He made you first in his life. He made you the goal, the ambition of all that he had, all that he ever hoped for. Hebrews 12 2 tells us, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What was the joy? You. You. Now, hear this. That was Jesus' point with these two parables. When you and I truly discover our worth in heaven's eyes, the only appropriate response is to make God and his kingdom first. I mean, when we, when we really grasp our worth in heaven's eyes, it only makes sense to think if he, if he has made us the goal, his, his one ambition, I should really reciprocate. I should love him. I should devote myself to him like he loves and has devoted himself to me." After all, he's worthy of that kind of devotion. Every one of us needs to make God and his kingdom first, the goal of our lives. It's the right direction for your life and mine. And if we pursue it, we're not just going to win a game that 100 years later, nobody's going to really remember much about unless somebody obscure kind of comes along and picks a story out of ancient headlines, you know? That's what happened with Roy Regals. It's almost the 100-year anniversary of that. It's only kept alive because he screwed up, right? you and I are going to be kept alive, the story alive, because our king lives. Our savior has chosen us. He loves us. He's redeemed us. And we are fortunate and blessed beyond our comprehension to be able to look heavenward and just say, Lord, here I am. Receive me. I want to honor you with my life. As we begin a new year, I just want to invite you to uh, stand with me. We're going to close in a prayer time together. and just want to invite you to open your hands and your heart to God. And if there's, uh, if there's been a trajectory in your life in some area, if there have been, been various ambitions in your life, maybe this morning the Holy Spirit is saying to you, He's saying, you, know, you need to trim some of these ambitions. You need to focus. You need to to pursue me with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, as Scripture teaches us. And while you're at it, love your neighbors yourself. Maybe that's what he's saying to us. Focus your ambitions on me and my kingdom. Maybe he's saying to you this morning... You need to stop listening to the voice of the liar, the evil one in your mind, in your heart, telling you that you just don't really matter. You're not that important. You're very insignificant. You're a very small, little. You're of no consequence to the kingdom of heaven. You're of no consequence to other people. If you ever hear some of these kind of things in your mind and heart? I can say them because I've heard them. We all do. You are of incalculable worth to our God. you you will never fully grasp this side of heaven what your real worth your real destiny your real, who you really are until we enter the kingdom of heaven with our lord and savior on, on that day it will all begin to become clear and we will realize you know the staggering things that god has in store for us mind cannot conceive scripture tells us what God has in store for those who love him. Eye has not seen, mind has not conceived. You are of incalculable worth. Maybe you need to hear that this morning. Receive it. Just renounce, reject the voice of negativity. God loves you. Maybe God wants to say something else to you this morning but I hope you'll reach out to him this morning as we pray, that you'll walk in his direction. Actually, my prayer is that you'll run in his direction. It's a safe direction to run. Because one of these days, we're going to cross the goal line. We're going to cross the goal line. Let's bow our heads. We're going to pray. If you need prayer, come on down afterwards. But happy New Year to you to all. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray blessing on everyone within the sound of my voice in this room, as well as those on live stream. I thank you that you have loved us more than we could comprehend. We hear this understanding of your parables that you've told us, Lord Jesus. It's hard for some of us to even believe that it's true, but it is. And you demonstrated that it was true by giving your one and only life, your holy, righteous, sinless life on the cross for us. We are unworthy. We are undeserving. But thank you, thank you, thank you that you have placed on us a value, a worth that is beyond our ability to comprehend. Now, Lord, would you give us strength and clarity of mind and spirit to value you with all of our heart, mind, soul, strength? As we head into a new year, Lord, would you help us to walk in your ways? Would you help us to reorient our lives around your values, your principles? Would you help us to wake up to spiritual things? Would you help us to pursue with full devotion... You and your way of life. Would you help us to lay aside the things, the encumbrances that entangle us, whether they be sins or whether they be other treasures, other ambitions. Would you allow us the strength to set them aside and the affection of heart to pursue you with full devotion? That it might be said of us that we are not lukewarm, but we are a hot. We are devoted. We are fully yours. and Certainly, we're under no illusion that we're going to be perfect. But God, we want to be as devoted to you as we know how to be with your Holy Spirit's help. So would you fill us, strengthen us, empower us as we go into the new year, May we walk in your ways, and may that honor you and bring joy to you. I thank you for every person within the sound of my voice, Lord. May your spirit rest on them and in them as they humble themselves before you. Thank you for your grace. Now go with us as we leave this place. May we walk empowered by your spirit and run in the direction of that you've called us to run. That's our request. We lift it together in the name of Jesus. And everybody agreed with me and said, amen, amen. Happy New Year. Glad you're here today. See you next week.